having a growth mindset about right. it, like learning that you can grow, that you're not pigeonholed to being this like one thing. You're not pigeonholed to being single. You're not going to be forever single. Mm-hmm. Some people are, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think you get to the point where like, okay, like I'm going to actually do something about it and take an initiative and action towards it and not holding yourself back. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to another episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Emily. And, and we're both trying to have an abundant mindset, but we both have um, scarcity right now. So it's okay. It's totally fine. <laughs> we're, we're, no we're, not, we're just surviving right now. It's fine. We're alive. <laughs> welcome to our podcast. So <laughs> that was this week's intro. I'm so sorry, you guys. But it's honestly like a hot mess of our mindsets that we have on abundance and everything, but we're going to get more into that later. I feel like we've had a very like interesting week. I feel like right now, October, is it always this chaotic for us? I feel like it is. And it's always my favorite month. And I always feel like I never get to do what I actually want to do in October. Because there's so much there's to do. There's so much to do. There's, there's it's pumpkin so picking. busy. There's apple picking. Mm-hmm. Why is there so much picking? There's a lot of picking. Like, why are we all about fruits and vegetables <laughs> at this time of year? I don't understand it. I know. I, I don't get what the hype Have is you about. ever been apple picking? No. Because I haven't either. No. Okay. I didn't think so. Why would I want to go apple picking? I don't know. I don't know. I do like going to pumpkin patches. Yeah. But. Because pumpkins are cute. But like, why would I want to go? I can just go to the grocery store. I can pick my apples at Food Lion or Publix. <laughs> like, there's going to be so many bugs. <laughs> Ew. On, like, I need the pesticides kind of thing. Like, We're not here for the... <laughs> For the um, if I want organic apples, I'll just go to the farmer's market. Well, like it's such a process. You have to like drive out there. You have to pay for I don't your even basket. Know where you, go. you have to climb a ladder. You have to get in the tree. I'm pretty where sure they're on go? trees, right? To an apple picking farm. Where are these? I've I know because I did research for my job and post on our social media, but I don't I don't know the names. But but they there are some. I've never. They're typically seen, like a apple picking, pumpkin patch, corn maze, like like a farm. They're just to a winery at the end of the day. Like That's honestly, what I'm like, like I'll go pick some grapes and um, <laughs> wait for them to ferment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not here for the apple picking. I think it would be a cute date, but I also think that my boyfriend and I would just be like, "This is stupid." Yeah. <laughs> Because pumpkins, at least you can carve them. Pumpkins are. I love pumpkins, obviously, but yeah. And then there's also haunted houses, which I am so bitter that mm-hmm. I am not in LA right now to go. Oh, there's so many good ones to out there. Universal Hollywood Night of Horrors. Yes, I know. I want to go and I have to wait a whole year. Well, Blaine and I were thinking about going because we're going to Disney World and they do it, but we decided not to. There was this TikTok going around and it was like these three guys and they're like going to Universal's Night of Horrors. <laughs> It was um, the Dr. Seuss ride, and it was like thing one and thing two, and they were like, ah, ah. <laughs> they, were, they were like joking. It was a joke, but it was so funny. But the but ones in L.A., though, in Universal. They're probably like, better. Yeah, because you have the Universal Studio lot, like mm-hmm. where they set up everything. Oh, right. my God. It's epic. Ugh. Like, I'm so jealous, but it's fine. Next year. Next year. Have an abundant mindset, not a scarcity thing. Exactly. Like, it's going to come back. Like, Halloween is like every single year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's never fun. ending. You're have fine. Have you watched any Halloween films yet, though? I have not. 
we are slacking. I know. I was talking to Blaine. I was like, we have to, I was like, I must, we have to watch Halloween Town. We have to watch Hocus Pocus. I was like, I want to watch like a Harry Potter movie because we're going to Disney. Yeah. Um, I just want to watch get, an actual scary movie though. I just want to, have you seen the latest Halloween? No. The one, okay. So I feel like we should probably, I really, what I would love to do, I just want to get Domino's and watch Halloween movies like one night. Okay. We can do that after we podcast <laughs> tonight. We'll just set it up and uh, we'll go. It'll be fine. Because I actually like, I if you don't know, I don't really like horror films. Right. And I was lucky enough, like back in 2018, I feel like I probably told this story on the podcast before, but it was way back. 2018, when the latest Halloween film came out, I was lucky enough to like be going to school at UNCSA and Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, who, um, and Jody Hill, all three of them worked on the latest Halloween. David Gordon Green directed it, Danny McBride and Jody Hill wrote it. That's so cool. So you got to, they were there, right? They came back a week early before, like a week before like the show, um, the film came out and did a premiere at school, like an exclusive one for us. And it was really cool. And like to see it like in a huge theater like that was awesome and I was like nervous at first but like it wasn't that scary that's so cool I don't know why I thought Michael Myers was that scary I don't get why people think he's scary he just walks he's he doesn't ever say anything he just never says anything (laughs) all he does is walk you can't just like stand there run him 100% he just kind of stands there too like yeah if he came to my house at night I'm fucked yeah I'm screwed like (laughs) what are you gonna do I'm gonna die be like I'd wake up and be like all right. All right. It's fine. I, I knew I would end somehow, but this is not what I had in mind. But here at we least, go. <laughs> at least somebody's going to, like, all, all I say is, and I told this to the writer when I first started dating him. I was like, if I were to die, if I was to be murdered, please avenge my death. Yes. That's all I ask for. <laughs> I don't ask for much. Just avenge my death. Just turn it to John Wick and avenge my death. Right. Um. So, like, that's all I would ask for if I was to be killed by Michael Myers. But... Yeah, out of all like the boogeyman kind of thing, like all the all the old eighties films, because mm-hmm. you have you have Michael Myers, right? You have Jason, right? Jason, Jason's mm-hmm. from Friday Thirteenth, uh huh. And then you have Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Freddy Street. Kruger. Yeah, he's scary. He is kind of scary because he he like comes into your fucking dreams and shit like that. I know. Like, and you can't really like you can't do anything about that. Like, no, it is just is what it is. No, and then. <sighs> Jason, I don't know the whole aspect of him. Like, he just doesn't die, I don't think. Is Jason the one that wears the ski mask? Yes. Okay. The hockey mask. Yeah. Ski mask. That's what I meant. (laughs) Hockey Hockey mask. mask. Yeah. He's from Friday the 13th. I don't know his whole spiel. I don't either. Um, I just know Michael Myers is crazy, and he just doesn't ever fucking die. Oh, my Um, gosh. Speaking of... Scary movies, it. I've never seen it. I'm terrified I will of it. Never I see don't want to see it. But there was this TikTok of this cute little girl, and she was like standing on the sidewalk, like talking to her mom. She was so, so cute. She dropped something, it fell in the drain. She goes, Here you go, Penny. It was oh. so creepy. Oh. I was just like, Oh, she went from like a super sweet, like angelic little child to like devil child in like two seconds. It was the scariest thing ever. I looked at Blaine and I was like, no. <laughs> oh, I saw a TikTok once of a no. little girl. It was her birthday, and her mom invited a dude who dressed up as Michael Myers, and she was like, Michael! Like, she was so excited. She oh was like, gosh. Michael, I love you! I have a feeling that's going to be our child. She literally was saying, Michael, I love yeah. you! And so, like, she runs over to Michael Myers and is like, like, reaching her hands out like, for him to, like, pick her up and everything. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, imagine if that, like, wasn't, like, the actor. I know. <laughs> like, it was actual Michael Myers. Like, if it was a killer or something. Like, okay. But he's like, well... Everyone, no one ever runs to me. Everybody always runs from me. Like, I'm sure that's, like, what he's thinking. Like, he's like, like wow, okay, this is odd. This it's, is it odd. cures him. Like, he never wants to kill a person ever again. Right. He's like, wow, love. This is all I needed. Wow. This is what I needed. Oh, my God. 
sight of love. <laughs> but like, what is like your some of your favorite like Halloween films? I think. Oh my gosh! Like, I don't even know. like you have to watch. Mm, well, obviously, Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town. Those are like classics. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I really am into like anything super scary. One of my favorite <laughs> scary movies ever is Wrong Turn. It's like these college kids that, that turn down the wrong road and they like oh, get lost wow. and they end up at this like abandoned house where these like people like, try to cut them up. It's very like disturbing. I like that one. I like The Village. Um, Another one I don't know. It's not really like, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a Halloween movie, just more scary movie. It's just a horror film. Uh-huh. Like, do you just I, need, okay, do I you kind of more like- just watch horror films, okay. but I feel like I need to actually watch some of the actual Halloween movies again this year. Like, it's been so long since I've seen them. Oh, I know The Village. It's yeah. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, we've talked about it and how I love it so much. But um, it was, like, the first scary movie I ever saw. My parents took us to our really? family's cabin um, in the middle of, like, nowhere in Boone. Great time. And outside of the cabin were these trees with red berries, and that's, like, the whole premise of the village is, like, when, the, when there's red berries, that the things come. And so we were like, my sister and I were probably like 10. <laughs> we were terrified. My parents got the biggest kick out of it. But yeah, it was really fun. It so, was fun to watch a scary movie like there. But that was that like your first? I think so. One. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mine, I think, was The Others with okay. Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Um, I didn't really understand the concept of it. I don't really remember much of it. I was going to say, I They were like allergic to daylight? Ever. Yeah, I it was think. really weird. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, Nicole Kidman's classic, so like it wasn't that bad. But I remember the one that scarred me and fucked me up was The Skeleton Key, starring Kate Hudson. This one fucked me <laughs> over. I was terrified <laughs> to look in a mirror or have a mirror face in my bed at night ever since uh-huh. this film when I was a kid. Yeah. Basically, let me like break down the premise of it because it's it has a lot to do with voodoo mm-hmm. and hoodoo and everything. And so I don't know how well to describe this. It takes place in Orleans and Kate Hudson is like this like nurse and she like quits her job to like work at a hospice for like this old woman and um, her husband and she like begins to like explore like this like couple's like rundown mansion that they have in New Orleans and she like discovers like all these artifacts and she learns that the house like has like this really weird past and basically like it kind of reminds me of like if you've seen Get Out, which did you? Yeah. Um, actually, I don't think I ever saw Get Out. Okay. I never watched that one. Okay. So, you know, and like, this is why like I was nervous to see Get Out at first because I thought it was going to be similar to that. But then like Get Out, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's great. So with Get Out, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, basically like, I'm going to spoil it's it for okay. you. But you already I know the premise. I will watch it anyways. Yeah. yeah basically like it's the white people like trying to take a part of like the black people's like brains and implement it into their old dying bodies so they are like or like vice versa actually wait it's the white people taking their brains and harvesting the black people's young bodies and putting their the white person's brain into the black person's brain so they are like young again kind of thing whoa and there's like it's it's fucked up on so many levels it sounds that way but with the skeleton key it's more mystical mm-hmm. instead of like science fiction explained in mm-hmm. some ways. Um, it is where, from what I remember, I'm trying to recall a memory from like when I'm 14 I years know. old. <laughs> it is these two black people is these old, like, I think like down to like, like 
these two slaves are basically doing voodoo and like witchcraft to keep their souls moving on into the future. And they are um, like basically like transporting their souls into these like white people's bodies to keep them like living Living. and on and on. And you're trying to like try to figure out the mystery of it. But like whenever they look into a mirror, like like they see like their old, like their true like soul self or whatever. So like this old like white woman looks into the mirror and you can see this like decrepit like body um, kind mm. of thing. And that's what fucked me over. That's why I was terrified to look in a mirror yeah. <laughs> for a long time. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a little freaky. That's all I remember. Mm. And it was enough. Also, as far as like Disney Channel movies. Corpse Bride. I forgot Corpse Bride. I've, I love I haven't seen Corpse it forever. Bride. I watch it every year at Halloween. Okay, do it's you one like that favorite. one more than Nightmare Before Christmas? I've never seen Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, I haven't either. Um, and it's, it's like, like my on Blaine's list of thing that we have to do. So he's like, we Fair. have to watch it together. And I was like, okay. I'm, I've th- I'm sure I thought you would have seen it. Because I've like you're the started queen of, the first like five minutes and I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I haven't been able to get into it. Interesting. Okay. Um, but I love Corpse Bride. I love it. I wanted to be her for Halloween for like years, but the dress online was like $150. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Do you remember that Disney Channel original movie, Don't Look Under the Bed? No, and you ask me this every year, and I never watched that one. I'm pretty sure I didn't. You said it was terrifying, right? Yes. (laughs) Still to this day, it should not have been a kid's movie. I'm pretty sure it's the only film that got a PG rating. I was talking about this with somebody. I feel like a lot of the shows and movies from the 90s were not rated the way that they would be now. Oh, yeah. That was the, I do remember, it was the only PG Mm -hmm. Disney Channel original Mm -hmm. movie. Um, Most Everything was G, G, right? Yeah. Remember Uh, when that was like a huge thing? Yeah. I'm watching PG. <laughs> well, we're also older, too. True, true. But, I, yeah, I mean, the rules have changed in the Motion Picture Association, like, yeah. so much with rating systems. Right, right. But that one, I loved Twitches. Oh, yeah, Twitches was Twitches good. Twitches is also great. Halloween Town, all of those. I'd oh, bu- Casper, the friendly eh. ghost. You didn't eh. like it? I, I, eh. I mean, it wasn't it was something there. I watched, like... All the time, but yeah, that was it wasn't a good one, one. That I'm like, oh my god, I need a fucking oh, like tune um, in. Like Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That I, was just kind of a yeah, show. I did but. Like the show. I mean, I still love the Boy Meets World Halloween episode, and then mm. there was Sean. That's still one of my favorite Halloween like TV episodes. I think it's great. The janitor is the appropriate amount of spooky in that thing. Yeah, it did freak me out though when I was a kid, but now I like appreciate it for the art that it truly is. Right. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, that's Halloween's a great time. I think for like films. It's a really mm-hmm. fun time. Mm-hmm. So I there's just a lot that I will not be ever watching. So I'm so sorry if you send me recommendations. I probably will not watch I it. No, I'm so sad because like it's already like what the eighth of October. I wanted to do the like 31 nights of Halloween with ABC mm-hmm. or whatever it is now, Freeform. Mm-hmm. But I missed it. Well, I it could still I can still watch. You can some, still tune in. You can still tune in. Ugh. You can Disney Plus. It's Halloween. It'll be oh, 31 yeah, nights Disney forever. Then. You know what I watched the other night? It was super random. What? Alice in Wonderland. Why? I don't know. Okay. And as I was watching it, I was like, I forgot how like freaking weird this movie oh, is. Yeah. It's, I didn't watch the real one. I want to watch the real one, but I was watching the like actual Disney one and I was like, well, this is really weird. It's an acid trip. <laughs> like it of makes a, no sense. It is an acid trip of a film. <laughs> the cartoon version and the live action version. Yeah. Both acid yeah. trips. I was like, okay. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, I fell asleep. It's I didn't a great even film, though. It. I think it's one of my favorite stories, yeah. though, because I think it's just so interesting how it's told. Yeah. And, like, there's so many different character types in it. Right. If we get into, like, the storytelling aspect of it. Yeah. I just thought that was funny that I, like, I really want to watch um, Cruella. My parents watched it the other night. Mm-hmm. They actually enjoyed it. My mom said it was really, really good. So um, that's on my list of things. It's not really Halloween, but... Oh, well, I want to see the new Halloween Kills, which is the sequel to the Halloween I just was talking about, oh, the cool. 2018 yeah. one. I'm really excited to see that one. It's going to come out in theaters. Um, the new James Bond film, No Time to Die, just Ooh. came out. Like As we're recording this, it's come out today, <gasps> and I want to see it. Not because like I love James Bond. I'm not a huge James Bond fan. I haven't really seen any of them. But I specifically want to see this one because Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who is mm-hmm. my girl, wrote this one. Oh, and so cool. I will be seeing it for her and her own. It's also Daniel Craig's last Bond film, too. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, that'll be really, really good. And he just got awarded the Hollywood Star of Fame. I was going to so. say, if it's his last, they probably went above and beyond. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I mean, they've gone above and beyond, I think, for the, the couple ones that he's been on recently, especially like with like the budget and like the explosions that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really excited to see this one. I think it'd be really cool. Yay. I love it. What is your captivation right now? So I'm currently reading Beach Read by Emily Henry. Um, it's like the mm-hmm. book on TikTok that like went viral like over the summer. Okay. Um, I am like only a couple of chapters into it, but it is really good. I really like her writing style. Um and yeah, I don't really have much to say about it because I'm still reading it. But I also have her other book, um, People We Meet, Meet on Vacation. Or oh, that one. okay. It's that author. I mm-hmm. know exactly who you're talking about now. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to read Beach What genre read. is it? Um, I would say like... I, it seems... Is it like romance? I would say it seems romance Okay. There's like two main characters. One's um, a girl, one's a man. And they're both like writers. Mm-hmm. They're in this... Um, like she moves... I don't want to spoil it, but it's really good so okay. far. But um, but yeah, it's really good. I, I would say I'm assuming it's going to be more like of a romance novel, but mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. Okay. Um, so I have that one to read and then her other one. And then I have The Silent Patient, which I have heard so many wonderful things about, but I'm waiting until closer to Halloween to read that one. <laughs> Is it scary or something? I don't know. It's like one of those twisted like psychological thriller oh. books. So You've read so much more than I have this past year. I haven't picked up a single book. I picked up one book. Really? Yes. Yeah. I, I also just... have the um, Tongue Tied book by Dr. Richard Baxter that okay. I have to read too. Oh, so. Right. <laughs> okay. That I you lost me. You it's lost okay. me, and you lost me. And it's okay. What's your captivation? I would say mine has been this lounge set. It's kind of like Skims, but it's not Skims. It's from one of our partners, Wooden Third Boutique, which you can use the link in bio to. You buy it and then use the coupon code GALS to get uh, 10% off your purchase. But it is from the brand Crescent and it is the Renee lounge set. I love it because it's basically like Skims, but not for the price. Mm -hmm. And you get like a nice like uh, tank crop top and like sweatpants with it. And the fabric literally feels like I'm wearing a full on blanket. I was literally looking forward to wearing it all day at work yesterday. I I was looking forward to getting home and be like, I want to put this cloud outfit on because it's the comfiest thing I've ever worn. And I slept in it all night. I didn't get hot. Like I was so snuggly. It was great. So that sounds fabulous. And it comes like in a cream color too, which is what I like about it. So neutral, cozy vibes. We love it. So before we get into today's episode, we want to do a couple of housekeeping things. So make sure you guys are following us on our Instagram at the gals guide pod. And then my personal Instagram is at Hannah Nicole Adams. And mine is at Emily Elise. 
You can also join our secret Facebook group, The Gal Scouts, which we might be transitioning to another site, um, I'd say probably in the next month. Um, And then if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us, leave us five stars and a little blurb about why you love us. Um, We love to read those. You might be featured on our Instagram. And then also if you're on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button and yeah, come find us. Alrighty. So for today's episode, I had an idea to talk about dating with like more of an abundance mindset, because I think this is something that we unconsciously do Mm -hmm. more so than like being like, oh, I'm going to be more mindful about dating. Because, you know, we always talk about being mindful, being Mm -hmm. um, and having this abundance, you know, lifestyle. But I think a lot of people, when they're not thinking about it, are just like thinking like more in a scarcity mindset comes to dating. I mean, I think we both have been in those shoes as well, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I wanted to hear what your thoughts were. So I think we should like break it down. So I feel like I feel like when I was younger and like had had a bunch of like relationships and stuff, I was more in that scarcity mindset, which basically what that means is that there isn't enough people to go around. Like, mm-hmm. like there's not enough love to go around. Um, you, you kind of are in that mindset of like, oh, well, like love is for those who are like prettier, smarter, sexier, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that deserve that love, not me. Um, you might even think like, oh, it's too much work. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like it, like finding love is just too hard. Um, and you kind of like settle for less. And I feel like a lot of oh, times, 100%, yeah. a lot of times I would do that. Like I would be like, oh, well, you know, I can't have that. So I might like, I might as well just hang on to this person. Cause like they're here and they're, they're mm-hmm. showing me a little bit, you know, of what I want. It's not a hundred percent everything, but you know, this is as good as it's going to get, or I'm not, you know, enough to, to have anything more. or I'm not worth any, mm-hmm. anything more. Mm-hmm. It's almost mm-hmm. that like, um, like, if I leave him, no one else is going to love me. Exactly. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not good. Uh, no, not at all. And I think like, that like, for me personally, like I was definitely like in that mindset after my first relationship mm-hmm. ever because I mean, he was an asshole and it made me think that no one else, I would be, I'm, I should be fortunate enough that he liked me because no one else is going to mm-hmm. kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think that when you get into those like really like abusive like situations, um, you, it changes your whole outlook on love and relationships oh, yeah. for a long time. And until you go and get like help for that and everything, it's going to be really hard for you to kind of adapt that. And it's almost just having like getting a more of a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Like that's another way I think. Cause yeah. I feel like you say abundance and people are like, what the what? fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get what you mean. Just having a growth mindset about right. it, like learning that you can grow, that you're not pigeonholed to being this like one thing. You're not pigeonholed to being single. You're not going to be forever single. Mm-hmm. Some people are, mm-hmm. but I mean, I think you get to the point where like, okay, like I'm going to actually do something about it and taking an initiative and action towards it and not holding yourself back. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like when people have a scarcity mindset, they get stuck in like a vicious cycle. So like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'll settle for less. And then when that doesn't work out, they're in the subconscious is like, ha ha, I told you so. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. Like you're not where you don't even deserve that. Like, and so I just feel like it either keeps you single or it keeps you in that vicious cycle of like, I'm just going to date these people that I don't ever feel satisfied by, but you know, at least I have somebody, at least someone mm-hmm. is here to like talk to me or whatever. And, um, I think a lot of times like you can have that mindset if also if you're if you have too high of standards. Like mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes people who have like 
standards that are just like so far away from mm-hmm. their reach, um, they tend to not like open themselves up to possibilities. Like you need to meet me where I'm at. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Like I, I deserve to have like this five star chef kind right, of lifestyle. Right. And it's perfect to have like I mean everybody should have standards. You should have boundaries. You Absolutely. should have those things. Yeah. But if you're over here like thinking that Mr. Perfect Prince Charming who has to have every single thing on your list he needs exists. to make he needs to make six <laughs> digits. Um he needs to um want to get married in five years. He needs to be open to children. He needs mm-hmm. to have this type of car and live this kind of place. Like, oh my God. Well, you're never going to find that. No. And then, you know, then you're just going to be in that scarcity mindset of like, oh shoot, well that person doesn't exist. So like none of these other people are good enough it, for me. Yeah. And it goes back to dating outside your type mm-hmm. kind of thing too, which we've done a whole episode on as well too. It's right. like taking a chance on somebody who doesn't meet all of those things, mm-hmm. but there's a connection there still, but you typically would just push it away because he doesn't meet X, Y, and Z on your checklist mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, right. I'm not saying like go out and date somebody that you would never usually date. Like, yeah, who, it just, if you have a connection with somebody, but you're the reason you're not pursuing it is because he doesn't meet X, Y, and Z on your list. That's not a good enough reason. Right. Unless it's like, he doesn't have a job. Uh, maybe that <laughs> might be something, something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you're gonna know which ones are kind of like deal breakers and which ones you can like wean against. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like it can either come from like that. So like you have way too high up standards, and they're just like no one's ever gonna meet that expectation. Or it's like a self worth issue where like you feel like you're unlovable, and that can stem mm-hmm. from like your childhood. That can stem from like something that's happened in your adult life. But that trauma that you carry is going to keep you in that scarcity mindset. If you're like, oh well, I'm not worthy of this. Like I'm not worthy of love. I might as well just be single until I find someone that I can settle with. Like I feel like it. Like I said, it's that vicious cycle, and mm-hmm. it's really hard to get out of that. Um, so there's this whole like th- study. I don't know if it's study. It's mm-hmm. just a thing i've heard a thing <laughs> label, real scientific here we shouldn't a thing. we shouldn't label things we hear on tiktok as studies anymore honestly i mean there's some credibility someone, on tiktok you know someone studied it maybe or maybe not but there's a specific quote that i think miranda hobbs's character says on sex in the city where men are like taxis like one day all of a sudden they're ready for marriage and they turn their light on kind of thing. And the next girl that gets into the cab is the one they end up marrying. Men don't often marry the women that they, like, their first love or anything mm-hmm. like that. Different from you. I so wasn't his first love. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I, he was mine. But, like... But, yeah, I know what you're saying. <laughs> even, so, like... I'm, I'm, like, I'm, maybe I was just the next person that hopped in his taxi. Yeah. And, like, and we're thinking, ready. like, yeah. also, like, adult yeah. years, not yes. high school or anything. Yeah. You can't get married at that age. Well, I mean, in some... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but... Some situation. Don't even bring up the whole promise ring thing that people used to do. That's so stupid. <laughs> I used to wear a promise ring just because the Jonas Brothers did. And then no, I I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking oh. about, like, when, when you're, like, underage and oh, you can't get oh, married. Like, so, like, your boyfriend gives you a promise ring. ring to marry you. No. Ew. Uh, disgusting. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's a place judgment. That's like, what I'm talking. That's the promise ring I'm talking about. Okay, that we're talking not about a pure, not, a purity, not a purity, no, purity ring. ring. That's not duh, that. No duh, promise duh, ring. Duh. That no. <laughs> but what was I saying? I, you were talking about the quote. Oh, so yes. So I think a lot of men, you know, they get to a point where they like are with this girl who is amazing. She clearly wants to be married to him and everything, mm-hmm. but he is just not at that place where he is ready to get married. And even though he loves her, he 
breaks up with her kind of thing. And then when he finally is ready to get married, he turns the lights on. He just ends up marrying who is he's with, currently with usually because yeah. it's just convenient mm-hmm. and it's not usually the girl they were you know they originally wanted to be with whereas like women are completely opposites i think oh 100 percent. so i've always think that is interesting and i think men typically work from a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. and that yes nature. they definitely do yeah or they don't think that they had that chance to get back out there and they find don't think the person. they deserve so more. they're like i'm just gonna be with this girl because mm-hmm. clearly she loves me so i'm just gonna stay with her kind mm-hmm. of thing they don't take a risk to be like no like i know what i want and everything so i'm going to i currently she does not giving that to me so i'm gonna leave kind of thing does that make sense yeah because it's happened in yeah. my life like i know it I've, I've watched it happen yeah so um but yeah that's really interesting because i do feel like and I'm generalizing, but I do feel like men live more in that scarcity, like, oh, well, I'm lucky. I'm, I should be lucky to have what I have. And I don't really think women are like that. <laughs> Some, most women are like, go for the gold. No, like if you leave, <laughs> I know that I can get do better. I know yeah. I, I always level up. I right. know that. Like, but that, but that took time to flip. You know, yeah. we were on the other side of it. Now I feel like we're kind of to the point where we have started to embrace this like growth mindset in all in all aspects of our life mm-hmm. and now we can look mm-hmm. at it and be like well if they decide they don't want to be with me like okay there's another one yeah like there's I, always another one and that's the whole thing too like i don't ever want to be with a guy who like gets to the point where he's like well you know i think i'll, I'll guess i'll just marry her because she's here kind of thing and they just want to get married at this Mm-mm. point Mm-mm. like Please, no. Please don't, because it's not going to be fun for either of us. No, because I will end up, I will realize it eventually, and I will leave you. Because I I deserve better than that. Right. And I think every woman does. But I think that I've seen it. I mean, I've seen couples who have been together for so long, and they're like, I can't break up with you now because uh, people are going to think we're idiots, and what are the chances I'm going to be able to find somebody else? So I'm just going to stay in this relationship and get married to you. Here we are. Five years later, signing divorce papers. Yeah. Not saying that that always happens. Or you're just in a unhappy marriage or in denial. Or you think everything's fine and it's really not. Or you stay together for your kids. Like there's so many reasons that people stay together in unhappy and unhealthy relationships. But like I don't think it matters how many years you've been with the person. Like if it gets to the point where like you no longer can be happy in your marriage, especially, like leave. Mm -hmm. It is, you were, I promise you, you don't deserve to be in that kind of relationship you deserve to be happy mm-hmm. and if you're saying it whether whatever your reason is for staying in it like because you think it's easy or because you the, your kids or whatever it is or you're ashamed mm-hmm. i mean because those are all very valid reasons yeah. to want to stay but i mean you have to think of yourself in the, the day because you're going to be with yourself for the rest of your life and this is is this what you want to be doing for the rest of your life pretty sure not probably not. and you're like oh god i don't want to start over it's it's Everybody not that does. bad. <laughs> Everybody has there. to do it. The people who you would be dating, yeah. say, like, say like you're 39 years old, yeah. right? You're 40. You don't want to start dating again. Like I've been, you've been married this whole time. You don't want to start dating again. Like other people you're going to be dating are either guys who don't want, and I'm speaking, I'm generalizing like women here. Mm-hmm. You're dating some people who either have been single this whole time and they have no plans of ever getting married. You're going to have to weed those people out. Then that's in every age. It doesn't matter. It's not exclusively just 40-year-olds. It's going to be at every age. You're going to realize that. Or you're people who are in the same exact placement as you are. That's what I was going to say. They're in the same shoes as you. They and want, you already have a common bond. They want bond. what you want. And yeah. And you have a common bond. Now, granted, you could be like, well, I'm like 40 years old and there's no one in my area that is my type or whatever. You move. can move. <laughs> 
moving's great. I'm doing it. <laughs> I know. Like, it's, yeah, moving to date sounds insane, but it's also not. Like, if you know, I knew for a fact that I was never probably going to find the person I'm supposed to be with in fucking bumfuck North Carolina. Hey, like, I like North Carolina. Calm down. That's fine. And I know I said that very Southern for on a purpose. There's nothing wrong with North Kakalaki, but I know that the person for I want. For you, Yeah. It's in somebody like LA. Yeah. And, or New York or whatever. Like, those are just the people I'm most I'm meant to be around, and I just get along with better and who I want to be with. There's like, it's just that's where yeah, I'm going to find just, them. That's just your preference. I'm that's never going to find them here. Yeah. Very rarely would I find them here. Mm-hmm. So, moving to date, I don't think is a stupid idea. Hmm. Like, it tells me what have you got to lose at that point? Yeah. You know, if you're like, starting, if you're truly starting fresh, <laughs> you can create your own life. You can be whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it's we say it because it's and we're saying it. It sounds a lot easier than like I it know probably it's probably is. not easy at all. But you know, but what is holding you back? At you that he- point, you allowed yeah. yourself to be held back by your relationship this whole time. Mm-hmm. Why are you gonna hold? Why are you gonna continue to hold yourself back now that you're single? Right, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, I think it's all about like even just like with that situation, like growth, like growing, like co- take coming from the place that you were in and trying to make your life better, like mm-hmm. the outcome better. And so we were listening to Shania Twain earlier and she literally is like, I'm going to get you. It's, it's a matter of fact in her song. And so I just think that like that abundance mindset is like learning that there's like an unlimited supply of people. Like there are so many billions of people in the Seven, world. Seven to be exact. Seven billion people in the world. Um, and so when you do get your heart broken, like it's really important to remember, like there is another one and you're probably going to have a lot of ones in quotation marks before you find the person that you're actually going to be with. And I think a lot of times people are really set on that, like, but, but he's my soulmate or like, he's the he's not. one. If he was, you would still be together. And I'm not a big fan of soulmates because I feel like anybody could be your soulmate. Like, I think you can have multiple soulmates. I think you can have multiple people who are the one and you're going to learn something from every single one, just like we talked about in our previous relationship and take it with you to that next one. Everyone is placed in your life for a reason. And I feel like that's the exact same thing with dating. And like, you can't just... If you live in that scarcity of like, there's only one person in the 7 billion people in the world that is for me. And I promise you that's that going to be really hard perfect. to find that person. And yeah. if you do find them, yeah. they're not perfect. Like no. they are not. And you're going to have to work for and your relationship. you shouldn't expect relationship. them to be perfect. Exactly. Because that would be having way too high expectations for that person and putting them on a pedestal. And you're just going to be disappointed. Yeah. So, and I also think um, like changing from that scarcity to that growth, like abundant mindset really stems from like finding like love and compassion for yourself. If you're still, you know, dealing with like self-worth issues, it's really going to be hard to have that more growth worth growth mindset. Um, and that might be something that you have to work on like by yourself, or sometimes you can work on that mm-hmm. with somebody else. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always have to be when I'm single, I will find myself and love myself. You can love and find yourself in a relationship as well. Um, we talked about that last week. We, we did look at us full circle. But I think, too, it's like switching from I am unlovable to like I'm actually worthy of love and I deserve all of these things. So that growth mindset, like I think it keeps you from settling, which where in the scarcity you would tend to more like settle yeah. with certain yes. people. Um, so how do you have growth mindset? It's not easy. Like, it's not. It. It's not. So like one example that I kind of like to use for like growth mindset is and versus a fixed mindset 
because that's the other word I would use for scarcity as well, is math. I, mm-hmm. I have a fixed mindset about math that I'm not good at math, um, and I never will be good at math. That is a proven fact according to my IQ test I took when I was 14 <laughs> years old when I got diagnosed with ADHD. Growth mindset is the mindset that I have around writing that I have, will be better at writing the more I do it, the mm-hmm. more I read the more I explore my Mm -hmm. capabilities, I'm always capable of growing in my writing. And it just requires time, patience, and practice. Mm -hmm. Dating also requires time, patience, and practice. And yes, practice dating. Yeah. I would go on first dates all the time because it was practice. It's like auditioning, Mm -hmm. like for a show. You're practicing how to be on a better first date and everything. And I think that when you have a good support system as well behind you, like friends and family, it makes it a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. but you have to be more open to being, being wrong and getting it wrong a couple of times and fucking up and embarrassing yourself. Mm -hmm. I think it's always great when somebody embarrasses themself on a first date because it makes you look more human. Well, and it's like funny thing to remember and like recall. And and I feel like it releases the tension that there is. Like it kind of like gets everyone on the same relaxation level. Um, I think you also should practice gratitude. Like Mm. like instead Mm -hmm. of like sitting in this like, what do I lack? What do I lack? What do I lack? Like start thinking about what you already do have. And that's kind of like, you know, filling your own cup, loving yourself, but like creating space to invite someone in. Yeah, because when I think you're only negative and you think about the lack that you have, you're just like confirming it and affirming it to the universe and the universe isn't going to give right. you what you want. The more desperate you are to want it, the more desperate you are to crave it, the universe isn't going to give it to you because you're not ready for it in a way. Well, and people are good at reading other people. And so like if you're already 100%. sitting there like, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, and you're not like creating that inviting atmosphere like people are not gonna you are not going to attract the people that you want you are going to attract people who are in that same negative state so -hmm. it's really important to like focus on trying to change that so that you can attract what you actually want absolutely yeah yeah and I think when you're able to focus on yourself you're able to I think like honestly like looking at yourself and seeing okay what are my flaws like what am I bad at because I think even like when I started trying to do that and really like look at, okay, like what, like what are my own red flags in a way? And what are your red flags? Oh God. Um, <laughs> I'm very interested because I feel like I know some of mine. <laughs> I am not good at expressing my emotions very well mm-hmm. in a physical sense. Um, I intellectualize them before I express them and I will brush it off and pretend like everything's fine and bottle it up instead of just, you know, outright saying it because I don't want to make someone else's life um, more complicated with my Mm -hmm. own issues. Like I have that control issue of it. Mm -hmm. So what have you been doing now? Expressing my emotions. Yes. Allowing Being more vocal. Allowing the writer to let me like cry and Uh hear hear me cry because he hasn't seen it. Or even like texting me like, hey, I don't want to talk about this. You know, like starting to just actually have that conversation that's awkward that you don't want to have, but mm-hmm. it's like, it, let me lo- go ahead and let you know so I don't, you know, blow up on you or whatever. Yeah. 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 And then um, being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And what are you doing now? I'm being more vulnerable <laughs> and open about my issues. 
that I have in my past and how I've been hurt before and that it doesn't qualify as a weakness. It's a strong suit. And how does that make you feel? Awful. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel I can trust the person more than I'm with and that I don't have to constantly be worried that they're going to leave. That fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. Look at you. See? Growth. Growth. It's great (laughs) it's it's not fun it's it's embracing the uncomfortable it's nice when it's returned yes and i think that was the issue beforehand was that i would give that and then i wasn't giving it back like i know that the saying is like you can't pour from an empty cup and like you have to be the one to like fill your own cup but like in a relationship like sometimes you are filling each other's cups and so if you Mm -hmm. just completely empty yourself out, but they're not giving it you any back, then like... I'm not thinking I'm bothering you and like exactly. you don't actually care about like me Like I can way. then no longer like continue to like give at that point. So. Yeah. Oh, well, it's like I will say like one instance like recently like with the writer, like I was... I mean, I feel like I go to him a lot now like with like yeah. problems that I have and everything because I think that he does have really good advice. When you, and you trust him. And I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... You know, he was talking about, I don't remember what it was. This is a while back, but he was talking about something like that was going on. I was like, well, you, you know, you can talk to me about it. He's like, yeah, but I don't want to be like a bother. I was like, you're not bothering me. Mm-mm. Like, I, you're not. Like, yeah. if, I was like, if you don't feel like you can come to me and tell me things, then what the fuck are we doing? That's very true. It's a like, very true point. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are we doing? Then if right. you're not going to come to me and talk to me. And, and he may have just needed you to say, like, you're not bothering me. Like yeah. sometimes people just need to hear that and then it's like they open a can of worms and now they yeah. like feel, they I trust also, you and they want to talk I'm to you. I'm so aware of how I feel when people dump on me kind of thing. Yeah. Because I am the person that a lot of people come to, especially now fucking recently. I don't know why. Everybody's because mm-hmm. you're about to leave. I don't know. Everybody's been coming <laughs> to me with their problems and everything. And I'm just like, this is a lot for me to hold. Yeah, it is. And... I don't know how many more people's problems I can take. Like the people who I, my current clients, I will keep hearing their problems, but I'm not taking on new clients. Again, if you need to vent to me, Venmo me. Just remember, I like Chick-fil-A, you know? Um, (laughs) Yes. I like uh, gift cards to Target. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. But I, I don't want to ever feel like when I'm talking to somebody about my own issues, like I want to be like, you know, is it like, do you care? Like, I'm sorry if I'm bothering you. Like, is it okay if I talk to you about this? And they're like, yeah, like, that's totally fine. They don't mind. So I always like to make sure that someone else can hold space for my issues yeah. instead mm-hmm. of feeling like I'm just taking up their space mm-hmm. and like pushing their stuff to the side. Like, I want to feel like it's an inclusive thing where it's being reciprocated in a way. Right. Right. And I feel like a lot of times, like, people forget to kind of like reflect on their own. Mm-hmm. Red flags like you just did for us. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Like what are yours? Uh, <laughs> well, my biggest one is I don't know how to communicate my anger, and I'm very quick to flip a switch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been trying to do better of like just like taking a minute for myself to like breathe, and then trying to explain why I feel that way. Um, that is the biggest one for me. Being decisive is my other red flag. I am the most indecisive person I know. And Mm -hmm. I like Mm -hmm. made a decision the other night. I was like, I was like, Blaine, I want to go to Mexican. Um, Do you have any, like, did you have anything else in mind or like, is that okay? Mm -hmm. And he didn't really want to go. 
And so like his stomach was upset. And so the whole time it just like wasn't a great dinner. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, that's why I'm traumatized by making decisions because when I make decisions, no one is happy about them. Then they complain and they don't have a good time. And so I associate that with the the decision yeah. that I have made. Yeah. So I told him that and he was like, no, he was like, I want you to make decisions. He was like, I'm sorry. Like I just came off third shift. Like my stomach is a mess. A, this is like the, the one like, occurrence. I'm like, oh my God. Like, so I, so I'm trying to do better about doing like being more decisive, but I don't mm-hmm. know why it's so hard for me. I think it's because I just want everyone to be happy and like, I don't really want to hear you complain that you don't like your food for 30 minutes. Like I just want to eat. <laughs> and when I'm hungry, I'm hangry and I don't want to deal with that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the, I would say those, those are my two biggest red flags. Because you don't want to be responsible if something was to go wrong. Maybe I don't want to take the blame like mm-hmm. subconsciously. Um, but also, like, that's I think why, it's see, just why my, I'm a control freak. I think it's I, just my people pleasing. Like, I just don't want anyone to be upset with me. Or, like, even if I cause the being upset with me, like, I'm like, okay, like, how do I actually fix this? Because I don't really know what I did. Or mm-hmm. how do I do this different? Um, but, yeah. Well, I think one thing as well, too, to kind of go off of that, that I was able to do that I think invited more chances and opportunities for me to be a different relationship that I embraced being single mm-hmm. more was I didn't feel like I needed to be in a relationship to feel whole. So I got comfortable being mm-hmm. single in a way and then was able to branch off of that. And then like I told the writer the other night, like I had full intentions of moving to LA and not being in a relationship or dating anybody. Right, like I yeah. was just like, it doesn't mean I'm going to stay around because who knows, but like I was just planning on being single mm-hmm. for a bit. And he's like, sorry, I ruined that for you. I was like, yeah, you did. So um, here we are. But it was accepting and detaching from the outcome and accepting alternative right, outcome yeah. to what could happen. Well, and way. I think too, like as you embrace singleness, you become more confident and confidence is going to attract people more. Like when, when you see someone who's confident and like knows what they want, like I want to be friends with that person or I want mm-hmm. to have that person in my life. So um, get, getting rid of the expectation and getting, ri- getting rid of the fear of like disappointment in relationships. Because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what I would carry was like, oh, so-and-so like disappointed me. And, you know, I had, I had all of these like wants and needs and desires and they were never met. Like, who, like, are you going to be able to even like, like level up and like mm-hmm. do that for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just like tried to look at dating with like a good vibe and like mm-hmm. no, like, I don't know. Like I almost went into it like not having expectations. Like I had my own like boundaries and expectations mm-hmm. for like what I want. Like standards. But like way. as far as the dating process, like I tried to go into it with Blaine like with no expectation mm-hmm. as far as like what I what I wanted, it, like the steps of things and like how mm-hmm. I normally would be like, okay, well at this point like we need to do this and at this point we should do, be doing this and you should take me out to dinner and do this. And I just kind of like – let him do what he was going to do. And I let myself do what I was going to do. And it just naturally like worked better because there was no fear. I mean, I did have some like underlying fear just from like our past. Yeah. And but all it, of that, that wasn't but, hinged from like how, like the present moment. Right. Kind of right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like it, there weren't, they weren't fears that you would have had if he, if he had been like some other kind of dude. Like, right. Yeah. Right. So, in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really is just about like, 
creating that availableness for somebody yeah. to walk into in a way. Yeah. Like opening that space, inviting new people in, understanding that there's tons of people to choose from and that like mm-hmm. there are so many possibilities for you to find Absolutely. love and it doesn't always have to be this idea that you've like pictured in your head your whole life. Like it might not look anything like that. And so just being like open to like new things and new circumstances yeah. and new people. Yeah, absolutely. So And not having any predispositions. Yeah. As well. Yeah. I think like the go-to survival tip for this episode would be when you open yourself up to having a chance and possibility to love and to relationships, you're going to start to see it everywhere and you will start to notice an abundance of it around you and you will be able to have it within yourself. Mm, I like that. Like kind of like everywhere in your life. Yeah. Not just in your love yeah, life. Yeah, you'll be able to see, like, you'll be able to notice it more in your friends and, like, their relationships, too. And when you are surrounded by love and by people who love themselves and, like, and you're in healthy relationships, the universe is almost in a way, like, showing you, like, hey, like, it's nearby. It's mm-hmm. coming to you in a mm-hmm. way. And, like, strengthening all those relationships that you already have. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com, and our personal social media, which we will have linked in our show notes. Also, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. And then if you're listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. 